0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett Martin. I am an alcoholic, and I am grateful for my X-Men comics. As of this recording, I am 195 days sober, and today we are welcoming a guest to share their experience, wisdom, and hope with you. Welcome to the show, Loris. Thank you. And I got the pleasure of meeting you through Instagram, but for our listeners, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay, I am 30 years old and I live in San Antonio, Texas, and I've been sober for, I believe, on the 26th of this month will be will be six months sober completely.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. And can you share with us a little bit about what your journey with alcohol was like?
1: Okay, well, it's always been a part of my family, always growing up. It was pretty much normalized, you know, seeing adults drinking, having parties. It was always around, always around. No, nothing out of the ordinary whatsoever about it. So I started to dabble a little bit with alcohol when I was about um, sixteen. I didn't really, I didn't really get addicted to alcohol per se at the age of sixteen. I would say when I was like about nineteen years old. Is when I really started to dive into, the, I guess, the beginning of my alcoholism. I started, I suppose I let the, the wrong people influence me when it came to alcoholism. And I come from a small city where there's really not much to do aside from just drinking, doing drugs or or getting pregnant, as we like to say from where I'm from, mm-hmm. Um Originally not from San Antonio. So so at about nineteen, that's when I really started to to dive into it. And then as it progressed, when I turned twenty-one, it still was kind of like lingering there. Then when I turned twenty-three, I got a really great job where I could really afford anything I wanted. And that's when I really started to really started to dove in dive into it. When I was like about 23 years old, that's when I started to dabble with the alcohol and then along with other drugs. So I would say between 19 to how old I am now, 30, a lot, pretty much a lot of that time was lost to alcoholism. And then the then COVID happened. And I feel like that's when it got to its absolute worst i started to i started to get really depressed and i started really then i that's when i really had to evaluate my relationship with alcohol i i kept seeing i kept seeing it like just i, I want to say maybe signs or just reading and things that say re-evaluate you re really reevaluate your relationship with alcohol and I see and I've seen a lot of it a lot of women in particular how much more they started drinking with with COVID happening because I guess you know there's really there is nothing to do except for you know indulge in things you can do at home and one of them for me was was alcohol and with that I really started to reevaluate my relationship with it I, I kind of thought what is this? Is this really serving me in any need pleasure anymore? Before it used to be something where I would go out with, with my friends and it would just give us something to loosen up and have fun. And then as, as more time went on, it I guess I began sort of became more codependent on it as a way to cope with stress, anxiety, you know, depression, not just one, just not wanting to cope with what it was that I was dealing with and I guess at that point I was like okay I need I need to stop and I need to really take my mental health seriously so I went and got professional help and I think what really put the nail on the coffin for the drinking for me was when I went and saw a psychiatrist I told her about the relationship I had with alcohol how much I indulged in her per day and basically what she said she's like you really need to slow down otherwise you're going to start to develop tremors and your body is going to become physically dependent on it and I hadn't got to that point yet but mentally I was already dependent on it so that was soon to follow had I not thought to stop when I did
0: yeah and then from there I mean how would you say you got sober
1: Well I had already had the thought in my mind the the thought was already there it had been there for a while then when I when I finally I saw the psychiatrist and she told me what she told me I was like okay I I know I need to do it I know nothing is going to get better nothing is going to get better whether it be the situations i'm in my own mental health or anything of that matter unless i either slow down or just cut it off completely and alcoholism tends to run in my family and i was like mm, i have alcoholic tendencies cuz both of my parents are alcoholics so i don't think i can just occasionally have a drink i I once I have one, I want another and another and another. So I, was, I was thought to myself, my best option would be just to stop completely. So the last time I had a drink was at a wedding reception <clears throat> and kind of the just really just having that mental evaluation to myself, already having the thought in mind when it was literally one day I was like okay I'm just I'm just not going to also starting therapy seeing a psychiatrist I feel like that's what really solidified the sobriety for me and ever since then I haven't wanted to drink of course I have the temptation is always there but do I want to relapse into it no I don't <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's great. Thank you for sharing that with us. Now, if you can imagine that you came face-to-face with that 23-year-old version of yourself in their act of addiction, what kind of advice or what would you tell your past self?
1: Ooh, my 23-year-old self to how I am now. I would say that things are not going to get better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the avenue I was taking then, I was like, things are not going to get better, but... In, in, in a matter of years, you won't even you won't even recognize yourself and you won't know the potential you actually have. You, you won't you don't see it now, but you'll eventually unlock the potential that that you had no idea was there as far as sobriety.
0: Yeah. And speaking of that potential, what are some of those positive changes that have been in your life now that you're sober?
1: Well, starting with the physicality of it, I've lost like twenty-one pounds. Like I wouldn't say instantly, but I've like lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh I just I have so much mental clarity. It's, mm- so much mental clarity, cognitive clarity, like I can actually put my thoughts in order. I can remember things, which is always something that I think I've always had a problem with my own memory. I started just paying more attention to kind of like what I want to do now with, with my sobriety. Also just what I, what I want to do now with just, I guess the rest of my life. Cause before, before I just didn't have that same clarity. It just I guess in a way, you know, being consumed by, you know, substances all the time, you don't really think about those things. You don't really put a lot of thought into those things at all because, you know, how things are when you're in your active addiction, you know, consuming your sub- the substances, whatever choice it is, you really don't think a whole lot into that because, you know, your your train of thoughts are being hindered you know, by these mood altering substances. So you don't really like put a lot of thought into that. So what I, what I would like to do is just maybe think about just what other potential I can unlock. I started to indulge into uh, new hobbies. I've always been a huge fan of music and Musicianships, so I started like learning to play an instrument. And started cycling. I love cycling. It's so much fun working out. But I think the biggest thing is just seeing what what more I can do, what more potential I have within my sobriety aside from just the hobbies and stuff. What else I can do with the rest of my life, per se? Yeah.
0: And being in an LGBTQIA plus podcast, as well as a sobriety one, how would you say your sexuality played a role in your addiction when you were drinking?
1: Sexuality? Well, I guess where, where I'm from originally, there, there really wasn't a large presence of LGBTQIA community events or anything of, of that matter so but in a way a a lot of a lot of these events even even just just in general there a lot of them are centralized around partying you know a lot of a lot of these events whether it's you know the pride big old pride parade or anything any lgbtqia community events a lot of it is based around partying so i feel like I, i if i tell people usually it's other members of that community i feel like in a way it's kind of like expected of me to want to party and want to drink so i guess it's just being like a member in that community i guess it's kind of like a gateway into that partying drinking active addiction lifestyle so I just feel like that kind of like that stigma is probably what would contributed to it that it was kind of just expected of me to to want to indulge in those things.
0: Yeah, I understand so much of it if it wasn't expected it was at least very accepted like in the community. Yes. I used to use that as an excuse. I'm like, well, every gay person drinks like a fish. <laughs> yeah. How would very you say how would you say your your sexuality and your place in the community has changed now in your recovery then?
1: Well, um, since I'm still uh, new to it, I would like to. What I, I've thought about what what I would like to do with my sobriety is kind of advocate for people in the same community as I, mm-hmm. and just you know, just let them let them know that they don't have they don't have to indulge in those things if they don't want to. I mean, just because you're a member of that community doesn't mean you you necessarily have to participate in those activities, or it's like you say, it's just so widely accepted. That doesn't mean you really have to play a part into that. Mm-hmm. So I would just like to advocate for people in and the community that we're in that you, you don't have to indulge in those things if you don't have, if you don't want to.
0: Yeah, that's certainly great advice. And what would you say some of the biggest obstacles you've faced in your sobriety were?
1: Ooh, I guess you know not even so much in like relapsing or anything like that, but like I mentioned before, having mental clarity. Well, that is having all the clarity, so much of it. So to where things before you didn't notice at all, or you kind of just brushed it off by like consuming the drink or any other substance of that source. So you kind of didn't have the the headspace to really think about the things that you were hindering yourself from really indulging in, whether it's like some sort of like negative feeling that you're avoiding. Once you get rid of all those substances, all those situations and all those feelings that you're avoiding, they're right there in your face. So I would say that is probably the biggest obstacle is just really really feeling my, feeling my feelings, definitely feeling my feelings. And just, if my mood changes, just, just let my feelings just ride. And they just, you know, they just come and go and just being comfortable in being uncomfortable, I suppose, just in that headspace and just letting, just letting it happen. Cause you know, it doesn't, it doesn't last. It'll, it'll go away eventually. But before I would be like, I'm stressed or I feel a certain way. I want to get away from it. So, yeah, I would say that's my biggest obstacle is just being, being present in, in everything. I would say that would be the biggest obstacle for me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And if you could give one piece of advice to someone who is sober, curious or newly sober, what kind of advice would that be?
1: Advice? Well, if you've ever been sober, curious or like newly sober, I, for those who are sober curious, I would just say, just, you know, go and evaluate your relationship with alcohol. If you feel like it's, is it serving you any more than it, the way it did before, when you were so new to consuming whatever substances is, is you, it was, is it really serving you any positivity or is it, or is it, more of a negative impact on serving you just go and really reevaluate it and you know' just really just try it you have no idea what potential you can unlock if you just if you just really try and I really try because you know it really it's just it's just a depends on your own will your own willpower if you're if you're just going to, if you feel that temptation the temptation is always going to be there. But just, you know, just let it go or just let it come to you. Just accept it and acknowledge it and then just let the feeling just pass. Eventually it just passes. And if it doesn't pass, then, you know, find another way out if it's really that overwhelming. Mm-hmm.
0: That is great advice. Thank you so much. And as alcoholics in recovery, we typically really love our steps, traditions and sayings. Do you have a favorite quote or mantra that you try and live?
1: Oh, I would say more of a mantra for me, not so much a quote, but when I do feel that temptation, whether it's with alcohol or any other substance I used to use, basically what I tell myself, if I do feel that, that, that source of temptation coming to me, I just, I tell myself is this temporary high is only a temporary high. It's no solution to anything. So when I feel that, and I I feel it's right there, like whatever this, whatever the substance can give me is only temporary. Mm -hmm. And how I feel now lasts so much longer than how I, how I did actively in, in alcoholism. That is great
0: advice. Did, did you want to share your Instagram handle?
1: I guess if anybody has questions that you can follow me at the Instagram on Loris, the Lorax, that's L-O-R-E-S. And then the Lorax, like the Dr. Seuss movie. Okay. And,
0: uh, yeah. okay. I'll be sure to link over to that in the show notes for listeners. If they wanted to follow you and keep track or get inspired by your sobriety. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you listeners for listening to another episode of Gay A. Please rate and review if you found the share helpful. If you're interested in sharing your story, getting involved with the show, or just saying hi, please email me at gayapodcast at gmail.com. And make sure you follow us wherever you're listening to get new episodes when they come out every Monday and Thursday. And until that time, stay sober, friends.